0: So And misty memories all days gone by we could never see Tomorrow What is good, everybody Welcome to the Omnius Podcast This is episode 74 I believe and basically, we are going to be discussing. Or actually, actually is seventy three, isn't it? No, I just did seventy three. This is seventy four. Okay. So welcome to episode seventy four. Um, today we are going to be changing it up a little bit. I'm contemplating on on <laughs> whether I'm going to be getting some interaction from TikTok because on TikTok it, it, it it's my first time going live, and I don't know like how really that works in the algorithm of that Um, I have my highest views was three views in here and then they all left (laughs) so I really know how this works Um, I'll tell you what like if nobody pops up in here like within the next like 10 minutes I'm just gonna hop back on Instagram because there's gonna be a lot more association interactions on there um, but basically, I'm just going to talk over just certain stuff about my content and some updates and stuff like that. So surely you don't mind that, right? But um, shout out to everybody who have been listening to my podcast and to my platform and stuff like that, who've been tuning in and listening to all the like wonderful messages that I've been having for the past two years. It's, it's not even, it seems crazy that I've been doing this podcast stuff for like two years now. Um, and you know it's it's by time that I start to really execute and like really invest in you know really putting in a lot of stuff for my content you know like really pushing it out there making more reels and more shorts and stuff like that so people can become more aware of my podcast and stuff like that but people be listening to me from all over the place on my podcast nonetheless um, I, I get a good amount of plays still so you know that's always a good thing I'll be having people from all over the world um, I think I've iterate, reiterated from time to time like people be listening to me from Australia the <laughs> Europe places in Europe like the UK uh, Spain, Portugal people in France listening to me people in, in the Caribbean and in Brazil like in different parts of the world they all listening to me and stuff like that so You know, even if it's just a few people, it's it's very appreciated. Like people going around like listening to my podcast and stuff like that. But anyways, the topic that I have is a bit vulgar. Okay, but this goes for black men and black women. So when you see the title, don't think that it's an attack on black women. Okay, and all the other type of stuff. It's not an attack on black women. Um, this is to this is for us to have a conversation about things that is most likely swept under the rug and stuff like that. And so, when people bring up this issue, is very one sided, and it's either one sided for the men or it's one sided for the women. Okay, <laughs> so it, it it is very dysfunctional whenever we try to talk about relationships and we talk and we try to bring up like solutions. To these type of issues and stuff like that, and address, it, it never gets anywhere. At the end of the day, um, you're gonna have like the men who most likely like lean on to red pill content, and you're gonna have the women who are most likely going to uh, lean on like feminist views and stuff like that. They can do bad all by themselves. They don't do stuff for men. Yada 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 yada. And you know what I truly dedicate my platform for is to basically like bring a uh, to really bring a voice of reasoning <laughs> to this atmosphere of social media now even though I do talk about like occult stuff I talk about a lot of chaos I talk about like a lot of different archetypes and things that may not be very uh like the norm for like the average spiritual conscious Negro nonetheless um... i do my best to really put out a lot of content that is very informative that's very impactful for those who ask the, you know take into consideration the type of stuff that i you know put out there and you know things that i put together you know i i've been doing my, my podcast stuff like i said before for like two years and some change now and you know Even being at episode 74, you know, as you listen to my podcast and stuff like that, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to, you know, all this other type of stuff, right? You're going to eventually get to a point of, you know, enlightenment or self-improvement. A lot of stuff that I talk about in my podcast is very self-reflective and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're a first-time listener or you just now getting to know my content, and you just now getting to know the type of stuff that I talk about. That is what my platform is essentially for. It's for self-improvement, it's for self-reflection, it's for you to work on yourself, it's for you to really like reflect and look in the mirror on things that concern you, on things that concern your character, or things that you can work on in terms of your character. You know, when it concerns spirituality, like, are you continuously looking outside of yourself to look for that entity, that God, that Savior? Or do you know that the Savior that you've been looking for is within yourself? You know, things of that nature. So that's what I love to dedicate my platform to. I love to dedicate my platform to just really talking about, like, things that really hit the core for individuals. Um, because I'm not really a community type of person. <laughs> now, if I do have, if I, if I am a community type of person, it's a small community, like a small set of people that actually are on one accord, or like we all think alike. But, you know, my platform is not for the central black community because the information and the things that I talk about either A, they can't take in. And B, they can't relate to or resonate with, you know. So, the content is for those who are awakened. The content is for those who are, you know, enlightened or who is willing to be enlightened, who is willing to listen. Because, you know, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, you know, it's not going to be, when it comes to like enlightenment, it's not going to be a mass awakening like everybody talks about. Um, it's only for those who were meant to awaken that's going to wake up. It's not, when people think of like this, uh, what do you call it? The age of Aquarius and stuff like that. Like, this is not for the masses. <laughs> and, you know, when you deal with the masses, everybody thinks they're not a part of the matrix. And most of the people who claim they're not a part of the matrix are a part of the matrix. You know? It's really those who are enlightened that can actually be aware and recognize that they're in the matrix and they might be plugged in but they are controlling the program you know that's the true meaning of being enlightened. It's not so much of you tapping out of the matrix or you unplugging yourself from the programming but it's you understanding the programming that you have and not only to go against it but to rather create your own programming right to rewire The things in that programming, you know, and that's what it talks about, like in the Bible, renewing your mind, not being conformed to the world, you know, being within the world, but not of the world, you know, and things of that nature. All right, we have about 16, 17 people up in here. So let me reiterate what we're going to be talking about in this podcast episode, real quick. So, shout out to everybody who's listening to me here and who also, you know, when this gets recorded and put on social media and stuff like that so shout out to y'all listening to me here and listening to me here um... so as y'all see in the title and as you may see on the title when i upload this on on spotify we're talking about bitter black men and women in america um... unfortunately it gets a lot of attention when we talk about bitter black women right because you know the most of the topics of discussion with red pill content especially when you're dealing with the black manosphere is black women right and something that I love to talk about and emphasize on my platform is how feminine black women are because when I was raised I was raised up around a lot of masculine black uh excuse me not masculine feminine black women <laughs> I was raised up around a lot of feminine black women um, from my auntie to my mother grandmother so on and so forth now if I had to say which one was more feminine Sorry, mother. Love you. <laughs> but her mother was more feminine, more uh, I don't, nurturing, you know, in my personal opinion. All right. Then that's no attack on my mother. All right. <laughs> but I was raised up around a lot of feminine black women. OK, there's only probably like on one or two fingers that I could really name a masculine woman black woman in my life that I was raised up around, and that was in church, um, which is going to be one of the topics, or one of the things that we discuss in the topic is, like, what is the root problem for bitter black women or bitter black men, you know, and so, like, growing up, I never knew of this concept of, like, bitter black women, now, this might be a different experience for everybody, because not everybody was raised up around bitter Uh, or rather feminine black women some men and women were raised up around bitter black women Um, I know some friends personally who were raised up in very dysfunctional households by their mother and their mother gave them complete hell you know I know a lot of women and men who have a despise they completely hate their mother literally hate their mother they have had back and forth like collisions some physical even you know with their mother and you know some of us we take our parents for granted (laughs) some of us who you know we we may get tired of our parents right and we don't look past you know their sincerity or their consideration of you know they they really mean well they really want to look out for you even if they might sometimes deem they might be a little overprotective and I can I can completely attest to that growing up <laughs> that my parents were a little overprotective but at the same time I, I understood as well plus my father was a he was an officer so you know you can't help but to understand you know where they come from when it concerns them being up just a little streak or a little overprotective not condoning it or validating it but you have to come to a form of understanding it as well, and so some of us we were raised up in, you know, a decent household. Some of us we were raised up in two-parent household. Some of us were blessed and you know privileged enough to be raised up in two-parent household, and some people, you know, they were neglected by their parents. Some people, they never they never met their father. Some people, they were, you know, casted off by their parents at a young age and stuff like that. So some of these things really play a part in like how bitter some of these men and women are out here when it concerns like relationships and stuff like that. And so these are things you have to take into, you know, consideration to a huge extent uh, because there's a lot of women and men walking around here saying like they don't want love or they don't want to love nobody. And sometimes it might be in reverse where some men and women are obsessive <laughs> over men and women because of ad- abandonment issues because their mother may have kicked them out at a young age out of the house or their father may have kicked them out or both their parents. You know, so there, there's, it varies for different people. Uh, but these are things that you really have to like really look at when dealing with bitter black men and women, you know. So when you're dealing with like bitter women, there's a lot of bitter women out here who talk about like they don't want a man. They don't need a man. They can do better by themselves because their mother had that mentality. And, and her mother had that mentality because there's a generational curse happening where either the father left the family or they ran off the uh, the father or they picked somebody bad to really be the father or they had her fling and that wasn't really the person that they had to the fling with wasn't a compatible partner and then she gets pregnant and then they deal because his intentions wasn't to be a father to begin with that's not to really condone the actions of either or whether the mother or the father but you know when it concerns your hoo-ha and your womb, um... is women should really take accountability for who they let up inside them <laughs> now a lot of women deflect from that issue but it's the truth you know you talk about your body your choice and, and you can do all this and that and the third and you've grown well if you let somebody up in your hoo-ha and they're not a compatible partner or you can't see yourself in a relationship with them and you end up getting pregnant because you don't like you, you don't like it when, when the condom on it, it doesn't feel right <laughs> and you decide to hit it raw while you ovulating I mean you just I mean this is just natural selection at this point like I don't really know what you expect to happen at this point point. and some women think that if they have a baby with this man that he'll just magically turn into a father he'll magically be there for her I can't tell you how many women I actually went to school with and they were messing with this dude And then they thought there was going to be relationship goals. And then they have a baby before they get married. Which doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. How do you have a baby before thinking about getting married? Beyond me. You know. But then they go through this phase. Oh, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. They have the baby. And then you see on their TikTok or you see on their Snapchat. Oh, that baby. My baby Danny ain't shit. My baby that All this type of stuff. Anyways, we getting off topic, <laughs> but the number one, I have three, three roots to basically bitter black men and women, right? And the first one is the household. Let me wave at some of the people up in here. Let them know they are seen and appreciated. Um, uh, I know I ain't looking at y'all comments yet because I, I just want to get through this because I ain't trying to make this into like a, a, a whole. Like an hour and a half uh podcast. Someone said women uh women that say they don't need a man is hungry for one. That is facts. What's good, Lord the Bongo? Okay. Alright, I think I wave to everybody. Oh more people chiming on there. What's good? What's good? What's good? <laughs> I'm gonna wave it at y'all real quick. All right, but yeah, um, the the number one, the three roots that I have to why I think personally black men and women, um, why some black men and women might end up being bitter. Um, what we're dealing with right now is the household. The second one is the church, and the third is social media. If there's any more, you know, chime on in, uh, like in the comments. You know, let me know. Any any others that I miss out as I'm going along with things you want to contribute and add to it and stuff like that um but yeah we're dealing with the household like I was saying before the mother and the father like relationships and stuff like that uh, we're also going to be dealing with the aspect of school because you know bringing it back home doesn't just deal with what goes on in the household but it also deals with trauma from school growing up around your own people or not growing up around your own people <laughs> it goes both ways um now to relate this back to me, I wasn't raised up to think of black women as lower than or lesser than. I never contributed black women to how my the women around me were, right? But in my head, psychologically and unconsciously, I associated the actions of women in my household or women in my family to black women right so like if I knew that my auntie acted a certain way and my mother and my grandmother acted a certain way and I see that same personality with other black girls that I went to school with then I immediately associated that personality and that energy to black women right but I also could disassociate toxic black women and toxic girls that I grew up with from the women that I grew up with, right? So, like, if I was in school, there was this one girl in my third grade class named Deja, right? Deja, to me, was a very ghetto black girl. <laughs> and she got held back twice. That's another story for another day. But she did get held back twice. Oh, uh, <laughs> But she was in my third grade class, right? She was in my third grade class. And I remember me and her used to always buck heads like Martin and Pam. We used to always buck heads. And the teacher got paranoid or she got irritated. Like she really got anxious. He had a point where she had to call me out of class because me and her were just really bucking heads. And she was like, what is your deal today? And I'm like, well, first off, I don't like Deja. She's rude and she stank. Yes, Deja to me stank. Uh, Deja Deja stank (laughs) Deja was stank Uh, her hair wasn't done and I'm not judging you know how you dress your kids when they go to school but she wasn't to me she wasn't dressed properly or how you should properly dress a child when going to school don't know how she was raised up I don't know where she is now but she went to school. Sometimes she would go to school and her hair wasn't done. Her hair all over the place and stuff like that. And me and her used to buck his in the third grade. But I never associated Deja to black women. I, I knew Deja was a different breed. <laughs> I knew Deja was something different that mostly I didn't, I didn't see in black women. Okay, there was this lovely black girl that I knew in the 4th grade named Sydney. I associated Sydney with black women because Sydney was considerate, she was nice, she was sincere, her hair was well done, she was dressed properly. She she had nice grammar. I associated Sydney with black women. We get to the 5th grade and I had another crush on a girl, another black girl. Her name was Olivia. Olivia, to me, Olivia, during that time in my life, <laughs> when I was like eleven and twelve, she was the most beautiful woman that I ever saw in my life, right most beautiful girl I ever saw in my life, so we knew each other from the fifth grade to the sixth grade until she had to move right but um my my shy ass i I didn't have the the mojo that I have today um so like me and her like we we had like certain interactions, we had certain flirtations and stuff like that, but like, when she told me that she liked me, I froze up. My stupid ass. I froze up, and so she thought that because I froze up that I didn't like her. Anyways. I don't know what type of trauma or effect that had on her, but I tried to reach out to her a couple of years ago, and she blocked me. (laughs) So... Yeah, I guess I guess we know what that really did to her. <laughs> but I maybe I should have broke it down. Maybe I should have explained a little bit more cuz I don't think she still knows that I used to like her. Um uh, anyways. Yeah, I was a whole bitch back in elementary middle school from my perspective. But anyways, um 5th grade, Olivia, she was nice. She was sincere. So it was all this, that, and the third, right? So I associated Olivia to how I normally saw black women, right? Even the black women I went to, to church with and stuff like that, right? And so middle school and high school was where we get different variations, right? So this is like, you know, it's a bigger school. This is like a bigger audience. And so I remember in the sixth grade, I was in regular classes, right? regular classes uh for those who like who raised up in the south and stuff like that or I don't know how it is in other different places but I just know here uh when you raised up in in when you in in middle school, right? And you in like regular classes, remedial classes. Regular classes isn't remedial, right? Regular is like regular and then remedial is like for predominantly black kids Hispanic kids, but predominantly black. Alright, you may see, you may be lucky enough to see maybe two to three white kids in a remedial class, but it's predominantly black. You may see a few Hispanics, but it's going to be predominantly black. They don't learn anything in those classes. For those who may have had like remedial classes, they don't learn anything in remedial classes because they can't get through the lesson because there's going to be Hella disruptions from hella kids. It's hella talking, and so there are there are kids. And I remember, like in high school and like those type of remedial classes, there was this kid. He couldn't even spell my name right. I'm just like, how can't you spell Tyrone? His name was blacker than mine. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but he spelled my name T I E, R O N. spelled Tyrone T I E R O N and I look at that and I'm just like that's how you think my name is spelled he's like yeah that's not how it's spelled I said oh Lord like these classes are are worse than I thought how you first of all how you misplaced the T Y to T I E like a tie and then r o n and then leave out the e is ridiculous anyways they don't learn they don't learn anything else from remedial classes i was in regular classes in middle school and you know i worked my way up to like being one of the best students in the classes right i was on my best behavior i got all a's and maybe like two b's i think i had a b in math and i had a b in Language arts, maybe right. Everything else was A's. All the teachers loved me, and so in the seventh grade, I went up to advanced classes. Now, in advanced classes, it's predominantly white and very few black kids. Accelerated classes, you know, accelerated classes are for the the smart kids, as they call it, right? The the real smart kids, and the way that they would advise or that they, uh, they would advertise like accelerated classes to black kids. It's different from white kids. Okay. Now let me show you an example, right? Let me wave at some of the people up in here who done chimed on in. That show that y'all are very much appreciated. Might have been your content that scared her away. I <laughs> I hope not. I don't think it was my content that scared her away. Cause I ain't gonna say mm, But the thing is, is that I, I tried my best to, uh, mm, I ain't got a good excuse for that. (laughs) I don't think it was my, I don't think it was my content though. I think she remembered me. Hopefully I didn't cause any like real like trauma for her. You know, like thinking that, you know, because I may didn't like her, quote unquote, that she went throughout middle school and high school and, and throughout life with like self esteem issues and and like all this type of stuff and being shy and not really being outgoing towards them I hope I hope from my my little shyness and slip of that and god forbid devil forbid but uh anyways I don't think it was my content I don't think I think during that time I think I was I think I was pretty chill well, when am I ever chilling my content? Let's just be honest, but <laughs> anyways, back to what I was saying like um the way that they advertise accelerated classes to black kids is different from how they uh how they advertise it to white kids right so for an example, they would tell the white kids right for accelerated classes, oh, this is gonna look good on your your record and you're gonna get these type of points and you know it ain't really that different from any other regular classes it just really makes you look good and you know in the long run and it's gonna help you on this and this and this and you know there might be a little extra work but ain't too much that you can't handle that's how they advertise it to white kids right how they advertise it to us niggas they advertise accelerated classes like okay now these classes you, you, you ain't supposed to mess around and, and you really have to focus and really pay attention because these type of classes are not the same as other classes and and you really have to pay attention to what the teacher is saying and and this is you're gonna get extra homework okay you're gonna get more homework than you usually would get as a student okay I don't know if you're you know. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but you just have to really focus and really, you know, be on the task to do the extra homework and to put in the work. And, And you have to also read books. You have to read books, too. Okay, I don't know if you're down for reading books, but you also have to read books in these classes as, like, they have to dumb it down, but make it sound like it's too much for us to handle and they're downplaying our intelligence without saying that they're downplaying our intelligence like they're telling us in our faces that they don't think that we're smart enough to handle like accelerated classes or extra homework or whatever you whatever you see fit right whatever you want to call it and like that's how they would advertise that And so you will see in accelerated classes, you might be lucky enough to see one black kid in accelerated classes. You might be lucky to see one black kid. Anywho, to get back on topic. (laughs) Uh, Raised up in middle school, I was mostly around white kids. um, Because I was in advanced classes, so that's pretty much who I would just be around. Um, It would just be like eighty ninety percent white white girls I was in band band wasn't really something for black kids at least not at the school I went to Um, going into middle school it was kinda the same thing I was still around like white girls and there wasn't really any black girls in my classes or any black girls that really wanted to mess with your boy Okay. Now we get to high school. High school, we changed it up a little bit. All right, high school. I'm in the band, um, but I was still a Jesus boy in the ninth grade. Right, get into sophomore year. Sophomore year, I'm beginning to really find myself, get a little swag, all this type of stuff. And then I meet this black girl named Tara. That's a and Tara. That's a that's a goddess name for those who know the goddesses. I meet this girl named Tara beautiful black girl right beautiful black girl I mean her her skin was as nice and as beautiful as mine okay <laughs> same nice smooth brown skin just like me she had these nice beautiful hazel eyes the most beautiful hazel eyes I've ever seen right beautiful personality very and she was a, a musician right she was a musician for our marching band and stuff like that and the only thing that set me off between me and her and the reason why I never really went for her is because she was a senior. <laughs> and I was a sophomore. And, but, you know, I'll be talking with her and I'll be, you know, flirting. I mean, why Why wouldn't I? Like, the girl was fine as hell. And, you know, we would be talking and, and sitting by each other at the band competitions. I remember I bought her, I bought her one of those... Uh, what you call them? They're not, they're not called fudge cakes. Um, I don't know, for those who are who are listening, you might know what I'm talking about. It's one of those cakes where, like, um, you could buy them, and it's, like, all this flour or sugar on top of them. And I forgot what you call those things. Something cakes. I forgot what you call them. But anyways, I bought her one of those things. I remember I bought her some food. Like, I thought I was out here just just. Out here doing big, right? <laughs> and I remember we will walk we will walk each other to the classes and stuff like that. Um she would be yelling my name, trying to get my attention when class, when school in and stuff like that, and tell me to wait for her at the stairway and we can walk to the to the buses, all this type of stuff, right? I associated the lovely Tara to black women. Um, some of the other black women that I know you know, growing up, going to junior year, um, going to senior year, you know, I associated certain women who had this lovely presence to them to black women. But what you see on social media is that you see a lot of bitter black men associate toxic women to black women because they were raised up by a lot of toxic black women. There are some black men who were raised up in those remedial classes in those you know regular classes or whatever the case is they were raised up in certain environments even throughout school even throughout their family where these women never showed you know the characteristics of a feminine woman or a compatible partner so they're so used to dysfunction that they either turn away from that or they learn to embrace it And so that's when you have people on social media who like want to associate toxic love to real love, you know. And Kendrick Lamar made a beautiful demonstration of this in uh, one of his songs on his recent album, right? Um, I forgot what the song was called. I'm going to look at it right now. I forgot what that song was called. What was it, Cry Together? I think that's what it was called. I, I believe it was called Cry Together. Anyways, beautiful demonstration. He made a, a music video of him and this other girl who was who's was an actress, and they created this lovely demonstration of what black people in the black community consider to be love. <laughs> I haven't even got the two and three yet let me let me hurry this song up, <laughs> but yeah, what's good, what's good? what's good? Let me wave at y'all all right, yeah, so um, we're still at number one, we're still talking about households, we're still talking about um, dealing with like two dealing with school and stuff like that, things of that matter um so yeah we had we had Kendrick Lamar uh cry together. Toxic love. Okay, yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in, uh, listening to the to the conversation and stuff like that. For those, feel free to leave his. Uh, I say his. Uh, <laughs> feel free to leave comments and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm reading comments and stuff like that, especially like when I get done talking. what I talk about here, and then you know, if I feel like it can really like fit into what I'm talking about and stuff like that. I'ma chime it right on in, just puzzle it right on in and stuff like that. Um, his last album, his last album was crazy, right? His last album was wild. I loved his last album, right? But there were so many black people that were trying to downplay his his album, which was ironic because in in his music, in the in the album, he's talking about issues that concern black people and the black community. And then the black community is just like, this ain't hitting. <laughs> if that ain't the most like deflective answer for his his album, I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. Word of Girl, what is good? I haven't seen you in a minute. Hey, how are you doing? I am doing great. Couldn't be better. Um... But yeah let's let's chime on back in but yeah um you know in the video we cried together beautiful you know choreography and a demonstration of what black people consider to be real love right real love i'm searching for a real love who made that song some of the old heads up in here y'all might know mary j blige That was Mary J. Blige. Okay, yeah. Love that song. But that's what some of us as black people, that's what we consider to be real love. We think that in order to be in love with somebody, we have to really, like, cut each other off and block each other and and be in these verbal and emotional dysfunctions. We have to, like, hate one another but love one another at the same time, cuss each other out. You know this this boo boo the fool type of love like it's it's ridiculous, <laughs> and it doesn't help that you know a lot of black people like reality TV shows, and some of us think that reality TV shows are real when they're just as scripted as a TV show, a regular TV show. It's just that because they put the reality in front of show, they program you know, sheeple people to think that is real. And that's why they're more engaged into it because they think that the drama that they're seeing on film is real and it's not. It's, it's faker than fake. Anyways, <laughs> but you know, Kendrick Lamar album was great. His recent album, it ain't it ain't to pimp a butterfly, but it is it is up there. I will say that his, his recent album is better than Damn, personally, if we're dealing with it from, excuse me, <laughs> if we're dealing with it from a a standpoint of like the message, um, for me, from my perspective, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was way more in depth than Damn and a Good Kid Mad City, from my perspective, right? To Pimple Butterfly will always be a masterpiece, always will be my favorite album, and will always be, from my perspective, one of, like, K- Kendra Lamar's greatest works. You know? But, you know, To Pimper Butterfly, or rather, uh, Mr. Moran, The Big Steppers, the way that black people, and the way that I saw black people talk about it on Twitter, you know, it was ridiculous. And, like, talking to some black people that I knew around my circle, like it was, like, it was a hype. I couldn't really get down with, with this and this and this. And I'm like, yo, that was one of the best songs on the album. <laughs> you know? And, and listening to conscious people talk about the album as if it didn't hit. It was really telling to me, right? And for those who've been following me, who've been listening to me for a minute, y'all know how I feel about like the pro-black conscious movement and stuff like that. It's just as... Conscious as the regular smuggler Negroes, okay, the Negroes that they always try to judge and complain about They're the same the same ones the only difference is that they done contain a little bit of knowledge Okay, that's the only difference but for the conscious folk to listen to Kendall Lamar's album and be like Now this ain't it like (laughs) It was really telling to me because the the exact things that he was talking about in his album was literally all the problems, like the foundational problems of what we call our community. And then for black people to listen to that and just be like, nah, I'm going to turn on NBA Youngboy instead, like <laughs> what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. And that's why I say like, you know, I talked about this in the beginning. Um, Like, I don't base my content on trying to save the masses of black people. It's just not possible and it's not going to happen. I deal with individuals. Okay. I individually deal with people who want to level up, who want to enlighten themselves, who want to do better for themselves on a mental basis, on an emotional basis, you know, on a spiritual basis, all this type of stuff, okay? Anywho, okay, yeah, we, we dealt with the household. Let's deal with church, okay? The reason why um, church has to do with bitter black men and women is because of um, our savior complex, and the savior complex has to do with white Jesus, okay? White Jesus has played a big impact on who we are as Black people and how we treat one another, because when we're dealing with white Jesus, you ever feel? And my dad was telling me a story about uh, when he was a police officer, right? And there was a, a car wreck, and this Black woman got in a car wreck with this white man, right? And basically, the white man was like breaking up. He was breaking in tears, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I even didn't do this. I don't know how this happened." And he was there, right? He was there for, you know, taking up the, the whole thing and stuff like that. And the black girl let him off the hook. Black girl was like, Oh, it's quite all right. It's it's no deal. Like, it's no problem. Man. It's just a little scratch. I can deal with it. And my dad like, You better go get this money. You better go get your... Like... He was like, He don't care how how crying and, and boo-hooing a, a white lady, white man doing. He gonna get... He gonna get some some repercussions. But that's for some people. That's all it takes for some of us for for just white people to, to give us the bare minimum, the bare minimum of validation. That's what it would do, because we unconsciously and subconsciously still see them as our saviors. Why do you think we always go to them complaining about like things going on in society? Why we why we still go to them marching and protesting? Black lives matter. Hands up, don't shoot. Uh, why I just want to live. Why can't you just see me as your equal? Why are you going to them crying and and complaining about your issues like they're your parents, right? Like like they. Like, they're God. Like, they're supposed to resolve your issues. And that's how we see them. Right? That's how black people in this society see, well, you know, it's this white savior complex. And that's why, you know, with with black people, we have this short-term memory with, with, you know, Caucasians to such an extent where we let them off the hook so easily. I ain't saying, I ain't saying it's everybody. It's not, uh, I'm not, I ain't even doing all that. If you know, you know. If you don't know, I can't help you. <laughs> but you get so caught up into forgiveness and positive energy, you get stepped on. That's how you got colonized in the first place. That's how you keep getting duped over and over again. It's like I love to use the Charlie Brown analogy with black people. Every time, every time, uh, Lucy, I think that was her name, Every time Lucy convinces Charlie, I promise Charlie Brown, I'm going to keep the ball right here and you're going to kick it. And this woman can talk to him like for a very long time until it could be like the, the 200th time that she that he done fell on his ass. The 200th time that Charlie Brown done fell on his ass. And then Charlie Brown really talks to himself like, you know what? This time I'm really going to kick that ball because she's playing with me, and I'm not going to have it no more, and I'm, I'm going to kick this ball, and I'm going to prove to everybody, he talking to himself. <laughs> like, he got to convince himself. He's so programmed with this, with this counter, like, with this dialogue, right, with this uh, connection with Lucy. Like, he has to talk himself into having this interaction with Lucy instead of just walking off and just like, fuck it. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to kick this ball. I'm going to kick this ball. And sure enough, Lucy takes the ball. He falls on his ass once again. (laughs) That's how it is with black people. Continuously getting duped over and over again. And because of the bare minimum, because of the tokenism that this society gives you, you are willing to pass it off. And you know what's crazy? Like. When I started getting into the occult stuff and to like the spiritual stuff, I started to hear Negroes tell me that it's not about being black, brother. I say what? It's like yeah, you still you still focusing on this mundane world and the physical world, brother. Is not about being black, brother. You still on the mundane level, brother. This 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 body is a prison hole, brother. And 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 brother, you you don't understand. You have just as much spirit as the next one, brother. I said, what? What are we getting at? Because there are certain communities and certain ethnic groups. And even tribes, there are certain ethnic groups that we don't know about that have a very exclusive occult, like spiritual setup to where only people exclusively in their tribe, in their ethnic group or people who look like them only have access to that information. Right. That's how the the, 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 the mystery schools and the occult people and, and the uh that the, the Masons, like that's how they work. That's how certain Masons work. And we think that we've, we've held this uh, Eurocentric form, formation of spirituality where everybody's one. Everybody's one person. Everybody's uh, the same. And we're all a part of the same spirit. Listen, everything might be connected. But there's a hierarchy we are nine ether beings some people are seven ether six ether beings in the food chain you're gonna have the elephant you're gonna have the lion. you're gonna have the hyena you're gonna have the zebra does the zebra really have a chance against a pack of hyenas no they might all be animals but the zebra is never going to outdo the lion. It's never gonna happen. That doesn't mean you go around, you know, egotistical, thinking you're the greatest thing in the world. You know, you let your actions and your life speak for itself. But there's some people out here who still haven't done the work. <laughs> And there's levels to this. That's why, like, when people come to me and they be like, what's the what's the number one way that I can get spiritual? I say, well, first, we need to get to a level of knowing yourself. And that means loving your black self. And you need to get the message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad. And they look at me funny because they're like oh, I already. I already been through that. I already know that. So I start testing. I'm like, do you know, Dr. Francis Wilson? No. Do you know Dr. Amos Wilson? No. Do you know Dr. Ben? No. Dr. John Henry Clark? No. Dr. John G. Jackson? No. Do you know the the destruction of Black Civilizations book? That's a book? And you just look at them. And I'm like, no, you haven't you haven't done the work yet. <laughs> You haven't done the work yet. Do you know Dr. Naeem Ekbar? No. Do you know Shahrazad Ali? No. You haven't done the work yet. (laughs) There's a there's a level to this, right? You can't bring like six and seven year olds to a college classroom and teach them algebra. They have to first know two plus two. You know? So when people come to me for like spirituality, I might give them maybe like one or two occult books that they can learn from. You know, they can learn about melanin, all that good stuff. You know, they want to get to to putting things and stuff together. I'm like, let's do with the basics: wax on, wax off. Okay. Anyway, but you have some occult Negroes out here who are telling people like everybody's the same. It don't matter where, and it don't matter who you are, and they Listen, I hear where you're coming from, and to some extent, you might have some truth there. There might be some valid points made, but at the end of it, the the foundation of your spirituality is yourself. You have to be content, and you have to be um, accepting of who you see in the mirror, and you have to understand that you are the central center of your own spiritual nature. You cannot disassociate yourself from who you are and how you look and expect to walk around sane. That doesn't work. (laughs) You can't walk around disassociating yourself from your blackness. You can't do that. You're very genetic makeup. And this is what i be telling people like, when they be talking about like who has a soul and who doesn't. And like, how can you really decipher? And I always associate it with like, When people go to space, right, or when people are in intense places like being at the bottom of the ocean, they have to wear certain uniforms and certain things to take in the intensity of those environments. So. Nine ether beings have souls because only the soul can really be compacted in this vessel Because the intensity and the value, right, of that soul is what can only be contained within a nine ether vessel. From a scientific standpoint, I can't speak for anybody else. I just know about myself. So let me just put that out there. (laughs) And, And, you know, other people can testify to this. Other sets of people can understand who are the originators, who are the first people on earth. The first people on earth were black people. That's not hard to believe. Like I said, that doesn't mean you go around walking around like you the best thing in the world and rubbing in people's faces. But knowing who you are goes a long way. So, you know, you you work up from there, you, you understand who you are. And then you get into your magic and understand that you are magic. The very study of alchemy is the study of your very dark matter and stuff like that. Anyways, I know I went on a whole tangent. I apologize. (laughs) But we don't talking about church. Um, When dealing with the church, right? White Jesus has made a lot of us put other sets of people above other people. So we will treat um, Caucasians. And non-black people better than our own people. And even when. And, and I, can, I, I can attest to this as in like I have seen this happen. All it takes for a black man is for one or two black women to mess them over and they will be done with black women. I've seen it happen. All it takes for some of these Negroes is for one or two black women to do them wrong. And they'll be done. I'm done with black women. All black women are just ratcheting. You don't see. That's all it takes. But Becky and Charlotte and Kimberly and Ashley. It don't matter how many times they messed them over. There was this boy named Jay, right? That I went to school with. And this girl that I knew cheated on him with my cousin. Messy. I already know (laughs) cheated on him for my cousin. After that happened, he told me that he was done with black women. That's what he told me at the end of my junior year. He was like, I'm done with black women. All black women are this and this and this and this. So we get into next semester. He dates this white girl. Within a month, not even a month, within three weeks. Within three weeks, this white girl not only breaks up with him, but then gets engaged to another man the next day. She gets engaged to another man the next day, which means she had a relationship with the guy to such an extent where she wants to marry him. Ridiculous, right? So we get to a point where now he's he's distraught right he's just he, he done broken down he, he's just out of it but don't make no mistake that was just one woman yes, There still are some lovely lovely women out there for me but god forbid a black woman tried to get his attention he still felt the same way about black women i remember this one black girl And our band was acting out. He was like, this is why I don't date black women. What? (laughs) By this point, there have been maybe like a couple of white women that have passed him off and all those type of stuff. This is why you don't date black women because of this little girl who's like 14 years old acting out. And this is why you don't date black women. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and you, you have these you have these men out here on these panels and, and red pill content and these manosphere platforms and stuff like that. And they have these panels and these platforms where they spew out this same rhetoric about black women because of something that may have happened in high school or something that may have happened in their younger days. And they associate that issue or that trauma to all the black women. The same thing that it happens and vice versa for some of these black women. They have these bad interactions with black men or they have, you know, poor taste in choosing men. And they come to a conclusion that I just don't want to date any black men. Uh, black men, it's just very hard to get along with. I don't know to some of that might be associated with their father because their father wasn't there for them. And then, you know, they, they associate that to like how black men throughout their life have been there. And then they come to a conclusion when they get older Because of this trauma, the trauma response is, I'm just going to disassociate from black men instead of understanding that because of your environment and the way that you was raised up, this has nothing to do with black men. It just has to do with your environment. And sometimes you need to disassociate yourself from your environment, travel, go to different places, meet different people, go to different places to meet different people, you know, to understand that your environment and the way that you were raised is not the in-all be-all. And some of us, we are so used to our echo chamber and we're so used to the people around us and we're so used to the content that we always like to digest that we think that's our reality. I mean, how many black men and women, right? How many of these bitter black women go on social media looking for good black men? How many of them actually take the time out to look up black love? How many of them... Follow black love pages. They don't. Because all they associate with and all that they know is toxicity. They will follow the shade room. They will follow TMZ. <laughs> they will follow these black feminist pages. They're gonna follow Cynthia G. <laughs> <laughs> because that's all they get that that's all that they can associate with. That's all that they know. These black men who associate with black ministry of content. They're gonna follow the fresh and fits they're gonna follow these black men out here who always talk down and talk bad about black women. They're never going to go out of their way to look up a Shahrazad Ali. They're never gonna go out of their way to look up feminine black women like have they even looked like have they even searched in feminine black women no because they're so discombobulated and they're they're so fed up and they're so obsessed with modern women. They're so obsessed with trying to find what is wrong with women instead of trying to find the right woman. And you wonder why you can't find nobody. Oh, this is just modern day women for you. This is why I can't find no more. That's all you're looking for. (laughs) You haven't even taken this time out to find a good woman. There's none. There's none of them. I tried. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. (laughs) You have literally, you have not walked out of your own space, your own environment, because you have wired yourself. Literally, it's in your subconscious at this point to where you have wired yourself to see women for the bad, for the worse. And, and it doesn't even, it, it gets so bad to a point to where it doesn't matter how many times you try to, re, like, to rewire that, to, to tell yourself like, oh, there are some good women in the world. As soon as a woman does you wrong, you go right back into that programming. Oh, this is how women are. Oh, man, bump these women. I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to be fucking hoes and get money. Because you have, it's in your subconscious at this point. You have wired yourself to literally be your own demise. You have wired yourself to literally self-sabotage yourself. So you're going to go on social media. You're going to look at the red pill content. You're going to play victim. You're going to say, this is how women are today. And you're never going to actually take the time out to actually look for somebody that you could be compatible with and do better for yourself. Because I say this time and time again, you can't look for a good woman and say you want a good woman and then put out content where you are bashing women. You know, I always use people like Mrs. Huxtable. Or Aunt Viv. Like, no good woman is going to want to invest in you if you're not looking to invest in her. Because all you invest investing in is how bad modern day women are. <laughs> Why don't you invest in actually talking about good feminine women? Because from my perspective, from my standpoint, black women are feminine. Black women are, you know, they're the pedestal. They're the standard of femininity. That's why black women who are feminine always come in my way. And then you come, on, you come on my platform, how you find all these beautiful women? How you find all these good feminine women? Because I and I see it. <laughs> I see it. That's just my reality. And you have created your own reality to be your own demise. You have to really shift and shape your own reality. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I think I got everything on my list. Um, oh, another thing. You can't base what you see with like trendy videos to be the basis of uh, femininity or how women are. You know, just, just go back to social media. You can't base black men based off of what you see on social media, or what you see with a celebrity. And some people like what happened with Will Smith or what happened with Tory Lanez. You know, people will try to make these issues that happen to celebrities that are most likely stunts, that's most likely fake. And they're going to associate these things with issues that we have as a people. And you shouldn't do that. Why? Because these celebrities have nothing to do with you. And these problems that they have individually is specifically individually. And just because they're black doesn't mean that these are issues that happen with black people, with black people, with black People with. Um, but Miss Golden Linus says, What I believe black people need to do is stop playing the blame game within our own community and start living a life of accountability and find someone who will respect each other's boundaries. Oh, wow. That's just great. I didn't even have my mic plugged in. That is ridiculous. Damn. Well, hopefully the the the. Hopefully the. Audio isn't bad, but damn. I done had the. I had the whole thing hooked on and everything. Um. Hey, and as well. Are you going to Brother Panic's lecture tomorrow? Unfortunately, uh, I will not be there. But, um, I know some people who are, who are going, um, but yeah, I won't, I won't be, I'll not be going, unfortunately. Let me see, how does the, how does the audio sound? Hopefully the audio isn't bad, like, that's ridiculous. Let me see. Um... oh shit let me see how how good does the mic sound to be. yeah I guess it's not that bad <laughs> um I are mean, you perfectly all the way in Trinidad wow oh yeah yeah because you are Trinidad Trinidadian um damn I didn't have my mic plugged in, but uh it's fine it's whatever uh usually i'll be i'll be i'll be up on on um, beat with this type of stuff but anyways it's whatever um okay Fourth State, what's good? I haven't seen you in a minute. Um, I didn't see your, I didn't see your comment. Uh, they got toxic love because they do, they don't uh, love themselves enough to find love that's actually in Uh because of love for someone else without the love of, without the love of self is attachment. Wait, niggas have Toxic love because they don't love themselves enough to find love is actually empowering. So the love for someone else um, is because the love for someone else without a love of self is attachment. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. All right, I think that's that's pretty much it. Uh, other than me not having my mic plugged in, that small thing, I guess. Um, I can try and see if I can condense the background, like settings and stuff like that um so yeah i just realized i had my mic plugged in but (laughs) small team small team um but thank you everybody who's been who was willing to listen to this even throughout all this you know and stuff like that um so i will be doing more um podcasts um i'm gonna try and do it earlier next time uh we'll see how that goes out and plays out and stuff like that um anywho that's all I gotta say for the basis of this conversation. Don't forget to like the video for those who are watching on YouTube. Um, make sure that you answer the, the panel or the uh, question Q&A that I have on Spotify, those who listen on Spotify. Um, for those who are on Instagram, make sure that you keep all my content on Instagram. And also on YouTube, I have a lot of videos I post every day on YouTube. So be on the lookout for that type of content and stuff like that on YouTube and uh, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. All right. Slightly off topic, but I want to know. uh, Why do you think about the ones who want to find pure love? Or what do you think about the ones... Um, who want to find pure love under the control of narcissistic parents? Um, even when they are grown, the parents still feel like they have control. Uh, why do you think about the ones who want to find pure love under the control of narcissistic parents, even when they are grown? Oh, that is a, uh, a loaded question. (laughs) That is a very loaded question um with the, the to summarize it because right? that's 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 a lot um for those who really try to find love it's kind of like that Romeo and Juliet type of thing, right when people try to find love and then their parents try to um override what they want in a person, you know, so like let's say for a man, he wants a freak, he wants a woman who is wild who is a party animal who's out there but you know that wouldn't be a fitable partner for his family so his family shuts him off because he wants to go after something else he wants to go after something better um now how does he deal with that how does the person deal with that it just goes down to just being unapologetic and just being yourself you know when it gets to a point where your parents can't even accept like what you desire and what you want in terms of a partner, it just is what it is, so you just have to find your way to work around that um now in terms of that being like a a topic of discussion for a podcast episode y'all can let me know if y'all want if we uh could break that down and talk about that we could we can we definitely can, but we are at the ends of our minutes <laughs> so Again, shout out to everybody who took the time out to listen to me on Instagram, who are listening to me on Spotify. Again, apologies for those who were listening on Spotify and YouTube that I didn't have my mic plugged in. I will do better next time. I will, <laughs> I will double check next time um, with my mic and stuff. I, I usually be on point with my mic. Like, I always make sure I have it plugged in before I do that, but no worries. No worries. We're going to do that next time. Uh, anywho, till next time, I'm Tyrone. We have The waves brought me a song in the night that spoke in the softening light words of a lonely one. Whispering mysteries, where can that poet be? Remote from my castaway island, he lets his poems drift on the sea. Immersed in the warmth of the current, they touch the deep.